It was a lot of sacrifices, a lot of um, living with tenants, a lot of living with other people. We were on the third floor of an apartment, so we were going up and down stairs constantly, but it was absolutely worth it in the long run. We didn't know what house hacking was. We didn't even know what we were really doing. So we just kind of were figuring it out every single day, I guess. Welcome millionaires and future millionaires. You're listening to the Millionaires Unveiled podcast, the show where you'll hear the stories and interviews of everyday millionaires. We'll unveil their decisions, their strategies, and their portfolio allocation. Now to your host, Jace Mattinson. Welcome back to another episode of the Millionaires Unveiled podcast. This is episode number 337. Happy New Year to everybody out there. Stace. How's it going? What's going on in your role? How's 2024 starting for you? You know, I am 20 hours deep into 2024. And so far, so far, things are going swellingly. <laughs> so far, so good. You know, we got the kids starting goals today. And I guess the last week here has been great. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. 2024, man. I'm, uh, I'm pumped for this year. I don't know about you, but... Uh, I think this might be the best one yet. We'll see. Hey, I appreciate the attitude. I think I'm always looking forward to a to new, new fresh start and and some optimism going forward. All right. Don't have a lot of housekeeping today, but if you'd like to be in the show, send us an email, millionaiersunveiled at gmail.com. I'd love to get you uh, rocking and rolling. We've got a few people requested different professions. We have. I just realized we've never, I don't think we've had a chiropractor on ever. And there's a few other kind of medical professions out there that aren't doctors or dentists uh, that we haven't had on. So if that uh, if that qualifies for you, we'd love to hear from you. And then, uh, yeah, I was going through the Rolodex of all these different professions and a few of the emails and trying to catch up on stuff the last uh, couple of weeks here from different listener inquiries and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, that one came up a couple of times. So also... Please leave us a rating and review. It uh, helps us continue to grow the show and reach new millionaire interviewees. So today on the show, we've got Rain. She's in her late 20s, net worth of $2.1 Got a bunch in uh, real estate. Started house hacking before she and her now husband even knew what house hacking was. And then uh, the rest in a significant tr- chunk, I should say, uh, split across uh, various asset classes, and including some cash. She keeps a little bit more on cash than uh, I think most of our guests do. So going to be a great episode with her. I'm really excited. It's probably one of the youngest millionaire interviewees that we've had on the show ever. In fact, we've only had a few, I think, that have been in their 20s um, previously. So super excited to uh, have her on the show today. I think you guys will really enjoy it and, and learn a lot from her uh, from her journey. So without any further delay, let's get in right in the episode with Rain. Rain, do you want to just give us a little about your background and what you're up to now? Yeah, um, my husband and I um, started house hacking in 2013 without knowing what house hacking was. And we acquired three properties in that time, um, really good times to buy in 2013. 13, 2014, and 2017. And now we're kind of just, we have good jobs. We are now living off of the income from the rental apartments, pay for our mortgage, and everything else is just on top of that, I guess, at this point. So no no intentions of like retiring early, really, um, but just hoping to continue to grow wealth. Awesome. And what is your net worth today? 
2.1 million. Wow, congrats. So let's uh let's dive into the breakup of the 2.1. Sure. So about 2.5 are in assets. We have a $1 million in debt, a cool $1 million in debt, 350k in 401ks, 60k in brokerage, 100k in a Roth, 33k in 529 and then about 190 in cash, but that's allocated towards purchasing our next property at this point. Okay, hold on real quick. I just doing my quick mental math. So you said 2.5 million in assets? Yes. And is that real estate assets? That's, that's real estate. Yes. Yep. Okay. So 2.5 in real estate with a million dollar in debt. So you got 1.5 in, in equity in your real estate total. Yes. Yep. And then on top of that is what, what you just exactly. described. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. So the, the 1.5 in real estate, is that single family homes, multifamily? We have what is that two, two of? families, one, three family, and then our single family. Okay. So what? Eight units total? Seven units. Seven units Seven total? Seven units okay. and then our awesome. single family. Yep. Okay. And are all of these pretty close to where you live? They are all within, they're three different zip codes, but they are all within um, five miles of each other. So very small little circle. Okay. And did you do the typical move in FHA, 3%, 5% down with each one, live in it for a couple of years, move to the next type thing and, and move up? First, we did the 3, 3%, uh, yeah, the FHA, 3% down. We lived in the tiny little apartment up on top. So it was like 600 square feet. And then we rented out the bottom for the full cost of the mortgage. So everything was just, you know, expenses. And we lived there for probably two years. And from there, we had enough money to save for a down payment for 20% for our next house, which was a conventional mortgage. And then a few years later, we did the exact same thing. We actually got a private mortgage on the third. So that was really great. We were able to um, pay the old owners monthly and we had a balloon payment after um, anywhere between three and five years. We had to pay off the cost of the loan. So we were it just so happened that it timed up also with COVID. So after three years, we paid off that house, took a balloon, you know, paid off the balloon payment, got a new mortgage. And then we have a mortgage um, for that one as well that we're paying conventional loan. But we had to do the interesting. So you've been for everything except for the first. Okay. And you've been moving every couple of years? Yes. Until March of last year was the first time we bought like our single family home. And we are not moving from that. So it was a fun little adventure for what, six years? It was seven years, um, 10, close to 10. <laughs> it was a lot of sacrifices, a lot of um, living with tenants, a lot of living with other people. We were on the third floor of an apartment. So we were going up and downstairs constantly. But it was absolutely worth it in the long run. We didn't know what ha house hacking was. We didn't even know what we were really doing. So we just kind of were figuring it out every single day, I guess. Yeah, the uh, the overnight success over a decade, right? <laughs> Definitely not overnight. Yes, it took a long time. Yeah. So as you've gone on this journey, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking through this a little bit. I mean, eight years, 10 years of, of sacrifice at this point, you said that the cash flow from these is essentially paying for most of your life, your lifestyle at this point. Yep. We basically, um, we cash flow about close to 5,000 a month and our mortgage is 3,400. And then we put an extra $600 a month. So we're paying a little over 4,000 for the mortgage, which um, is all from the rental properties. And then we have our jobs. We, we work as well. Interesting. So is the plan to continue to buy more rental properties at this point then? Probably. Um, I mean, honestly, I'd prefer to buy like a vacation home and well, it's as well rent that out. But yes, I think probably one more. 
but we haven't in a while either. So we have that money ready and, you know, it's the housing costs are just really expensive right now. And so are interest rates. So we haven't found anything that's worthwhile. But if we found something, we would potentially talk about it and jump on it. Yeah, for sure. Do you continue investing in your retirement accounts and in the market? Yeah, I uh, max out my 401k and my husband maxes out his IRA. And then we put in, we contribute towards our kids 529s, $700 a month per kid. And then I, I have what I call fun money. So I put 250 a paycheck into just a brokerage account. So I'm just investing in like VOO or VTI. So I buy like one share every every two weeks on top of you know, the retirement investments. Interesting. And and is that plan going to continue with the retirement accounts going forward? Oh, yeah. As much as I can really try to put in. Um, now that we're, we kind of have a good amount of money set aside for a down payment at this point, um, depending upon what we buy. But yeah, anything else now is just going to go towards a brokerage account. We didn't really contribute towards a brokerage prior to recently. It was always just trying to save as much cash as we could so that we could purchase another property. So now it's a little bit different in putting the money towards investments versus real estate. Interesting. So as you as you go on this journey, I mean, you still you said you're not interested in necessarily retiring early. You're still pretty young. And for our listeners, because some people want to know ages, we're we're talking about the the age of the 30s, correct? So you started this in your 20s. Yes, I'm 27. So we started it when I was probably 25, 26, 27. Yep, around okay. there. I mean, is there is there a target net worth? Is there a time period where you would kind of relax and not? contribute quite as much to the the, the retirement accounts and, and spend more? Or is that just not in your DNA? Well, we spend plenty. <laughs> we spend a lot. I always give my husband a hard time for spending so much. But no, I think I feel personally like I, unless we sold all of our houses, we could never just not live the way that we're living. And right now, I think for us and our kids and our life, it's just most important to have you know, experiences be our number one priority. So still contributing to the retirements accounts as much as possible, but I don't, I don't really have a number. I mean, it would have to be over 5 million probably for me to consider. And that's probably not assets because like I said, I can't just live off of our properties. We can live baseline like our house, but nothing else past that. Wow. Well, you have really come such a far way. And I love that you jumped into this without knowing of house hacking and just kind of fell into this lifestyle of saving, how can we cash flow? So I'd love to back up a little bit. How did your financial journey start? What instigated this? Did you grow up knowing about this or did you and your husband kind of fall into this together? Um, tell us more about how you got started. So um, my dad taught me in 2008 when the market crashed about investing. So him and I would have like, um, that was kind of what we had in common. We would talk about which which stocks we were going to purchase and what we were going to do with the stocks, how long we were going to hold on to them. So I've always been like money conscious, I would say, since 2008. And then um, when I met my husband, well, now husband, at the time we were just dating and his siblings owned a property management company and somehow suggested when we were looking at houses, you guys should check out a two family. And like I said, we didn't even know what it was. And we just decided to buy it, move in, rent out the bottom. And the rest is kind of history. We just kept 
learning. And initially we were doing all the work ourselves. So it was a lot of sweat equity, a lot of, um, honestly, a lot of fun too. Cause we were like hanging out at night before kids, like eating pizza, painting the walls, tearing up the carpets. Like it was a lot of work and a lot of, um, time spent together that we wouldn't have ever done otherwise, I think. So not only did we learn a lot, we had a lot of fun together while doing it. And I honestly timing, it was so like the market was perfect when we were buying and the houses were so cheap compared to what they are now. So a lot of it had to do, I think, with luck. Um, it wasn't fully just just us. <laughs> That's for sure. Bless you. That's great. And what does that look like now? So it sounds like you were uh, managing properties yourself, but it sounds like maybe you're not doing that anymore. So we're still managing them ourselves, but we don't do any of the work ourselves at this point. We got to a point where we finally got comfortable enough that we had the cash and we decided our time is time is money. Time is worth way more than us, you know, going over there and doing the work ourselves. And I would like count it out initially. I'd be like, okay, you make this much an hour. I make this much an hour. And if we're paying somebody to do this, it was like, it had to make sense. And now that it does make sense there, yeah, we just, we have people, um, like having the family members in property management, we joke like we have a guy, we've got a guy for this, we've got a guy for this. So we have a really good extensive, you know, network of people that can assist doing odds and ends, random things. But we have people that we can just text on a Monday and they will come over Monday afternoon and, and assist us. So it's like I said, the 10 years has been um, beneficial to us and we have had a lot of fun and learned a lot while doing it. At this point, do you have any trouble managing your properties while maintaining your full-time jobs or does it feel like a well-oiled machine? We are extremely, extremely good to our tenants. And I think in turn, they've been really good to us. So we're in a good, we have a good relationship with all of them. And, you know, we're, we're very upfront. If we want to know something, if something is wrong with the apartment, we're fixing it now. We're not waiting. We get it done immediately. So that has helped. We haven't had any nightmare tenants, any of those issues. We've let people out of leases early just because if we felt like something was going to happen or we felt like a tenant could be an issue, uh, we tried to just get out of that situation as quickly as possible. But it's, so far, so good. What type of properties have you invested in so far? What were you looking for in those investment properties? So initially, we were just looking for two families. I think the goal potentially could be to sell the properties, all three of them, um, the rentals and buy something larger so that we have everything kind of under one roof would be ideal versus having to go to this property or this property or this property. So that's probably what we'd like to do. Sorry, I forget the beginning of that question. <laughs> I went on a tangent on a different direction. No, you're what good. Type? I was asking really what you were looking for in your in your rental properties in terms of different grades of properties. Yeah. Are you looking for good schools or were you just looking for a place that you felt comfortable living in yourself? Yes, that's exactly it. Um, where we're comfortable living ourselves because we did live in every single one of the properties. Something that needed work, but not like structural, nothing structural. We've redone pretty much everything in these apartments at this point, like every single water heater, um, you know, hot water tank, some roofs, some some driveways. So, so we're always looking for a property with work to do, but not like, not like a 50 K investment off the bat. You know, it's some, it's usually pretty small that we could do over time. So I think that's ideal for us. 
is something that we can kind of build up over time. Thanks for sharing that insight. I know we have a lot of listeners looking for investment property, so it's always helpful to see what's worked. (laughs) And your timing also worked out great. We can't guarantee that for everybody looking for an investment property, but, (laughs) but Rain has some good ideas here. Tell us about the roles of you and your husband's jobs, your careers, how that's helped or assisted you um, along your path. We're both in marketing. I think we're good with people. We are great with our tenants. Has it helped us? Potentially not. You know, we are, we put our apartments occasionally on like social media for friends to see primarily, but we go about it in the normal, you know, avenues that I think other people would. We use like Zillow and our jobs are very flexible. That is one thing I will say. Um, he works from home. I don't work from home, but I have a very flexible schedule. So if needed, thankfully, it doesn't happen a lot, but I could leave at any point, you know, that I needed to and go jump to a property. Um, So our flexibility has definitely helped. And yeah, just the fact that I'm super into money and he's, you know, my husband's pretty, pretty handy. It's, it's been helpful. Are you more of the leader of the financial wealth building? Or, yes. uh, or is he? I am the, yeah, definitely. I have, I joke with him. If I ever die, like he won't know where any of our finances are located. You know, he's never seen a bill. We joked because <laughs> his credit was like a few points higher than mine recently. And he doesn't pay his credit card, like has no idea. So I, I do all the billing and the finances and the money stuff. And he's handy in a lot of other areas. He has a lot of other attributes. He's contributing he to the team. Does. Yeah. I wouldn't have gotten into the properties probably without him. So he was the catalyst behind starting the initiative for the rentals. Um, And I've just been the catalyst for like saving and, you know, stashing away money and being willing to jump into, hey, do you want to just buy this property and see what happens? Well, that's a strong team right there. So Rain, as you think about getting to this 5 million mark, I mean, would you ever walk away from your jobs at that point or do you enjoy them enough that you're in it to win it to the end? Honestly, my husband and I talk about what we would do if we retired and I don't think either of us could fully retire, retire and just like walk away from nothing. We'd we'd do something and he is very into um, like making videos and stuff like that on social media. So he'd probably want to go into an avenue like something that we do because like I said we're both in marketing but just more fun versus like having to do it I guess yeah has your lifestyle increased at all as your wealth has grown yes unfortunately way too much yes like prior to even a year and a half ago I think we were spending between eight and nine thousand a month and now we probably we're spending about thirteen thousand five hundred a month just our expenses um and then with the rentals like closer to 20k a month, which is, we can afford it. It's just, in my mind, I'm a lot more self, I mean, you know, money conscious than he is. I'm the saver, he's the spender. So I always have something to want to cut off the list. Like, oh, we shouldn't be spending here. And he's like, we can like, just stop stressing about it. Like we've worked really hard to get to where we are and let's just enjoy it. So it's definitely balance. And um, we are definitely opposites when it comes to a lot of those uh, kind of money topics. So it's, it's fun. There's good candor. 
And um, yeah, we're totally different, but it's working. <laughs> what are what are some of the common culprits in his eyes? Oh, he's super, super techie. So like anything techie he needs, like um, he wanted a Tesla when he was making, I think, $60,000. And I, I put my foot down a year. He was making 60K a year and wanted to buy a Tesla. And I was like, if you do that, we're done. Like you cannot afford a Tesla. We can't afford a Tesla. He joked about it recently too. He's like, remember we almost got a Tesla like 10 years ago? I was like, no, we didn't almost get a Tesla. Like you thought about it, but we couldn't afford it. I think I'm a realist when it comes to money and being able to afford things and paying it off and won't buy anything unless I like have that cash to pay it off. And he, like I said, he doesn't really know about the money. So he just wants to purchase things and but he knows there's like a line and we don't we're not crazy uh spenders we're we're savers as well so finding the right balance has been key for our relationship we have a tesla now no we don't we were just talking about it earlier today we need to get solar in our house that's the most common car millionaires well they're like (laughs) they're They're like, we have Subarus, both of us. And I'm like, they're basically the same cost now as like a newer vehicle, you know, like any other vehicle. So it's it's crazy, it's just, right? You have to hook, get the electricity and get all that hookup so that we don't have yet. So maybe it's in the cards, but I have a few other things I'd prefer before that probably. What, like what about what's on house. your list? I want a vacation house for sure. Oh yep. man. <laughs> any particular place in the country? So we are local to New Hampshire. So probably in New Hampshire, all of our properties are there. Uh, Lakes region. uh, Stacy was saying she's never been to New Hampshire, but Lake Winnipesaukee is beautiful. And I would love to have a little investment property there. We're waiting for yours to open up so that we can come (laughs) visit it. So once your real property is available, we're going to come see New Hampshire. Sounds good. That's great. Not only will we do that, we've we've got some business up there so we we probably will be up there next summer but very cool at at any rate vacation home are there any yeah are there any like particular things that 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 you've splurged on you know that's not a vacation home as you've grown your wealth i think our splurges are generally vacation based brought our daughter at the time it was right before covid so i think she was like two and a half or three we brought her to um Well, we brought ourselves and she came, but we went to England, Switzerland. Um, She's been to the Dominican Republic. We love, I love to travel personally. Splurges, we're not, I would say we're not really materialistic terribly. We love to go out to dinners. We love to do fun stuff, but nothing that I would say like, oh my God, that was so expensive. I think we, the things that we think are, that are expensive are the things we use the most, like our couch and, you know, our bed and stuff like that, that we've paid a lot of money for that is at the time, like, how did you spend that for a couch? But I'm like, we sit on it every single day. You know, we are literally on our couch all the time. So yeah, I would say we're not, it's, it's mostly about the entertainment and doing fun things versus buying anything really. We are certainly on the same wavelength with valuing experiences. And I can understand spending the money on things that have a lot of utility in your life that you're using every day. I look at this couch every single day. I sit on this couch every day. I want a good one. Exactly. At this point, what motivates you to continue living a financially conscious life? I mean, I love... I love the lifestyle that I'm living right now. It took a long time to get here, but there isn't, you know, I mean, obviously there's things I can't afford, but 
we don't really ever bat an eye if we're going to buy something, if we want to go on vacation, if we want to do like X, Y, or Z. There's nothing that we're like, we really should wait until next year. So I think that's like the best thing for us. And and like, I'm very money conscious. So I definitely, I'll just continue to be me and continue to save while spending. But yeah, that's been, that's probably it. No, that's good. You're, you are happy with the decisions that you've made so that you can live a more comfortable life. Yeah, my kids do. I want them I to know have that my dad. <laughs> yeah, for sure. How do you plan on teaching your kids about finances? I know your dad played some of a role mm-hmm. in your journey as well. So my daughter's six right now, and um, she has a little debit card that we, you know, give her money for, well, she actually the tooth fairy gives her money sometimes on the debit card, and she gets um, money for chores on the debit card. So we try to teach her like the value of a dollar. So we bring her to the store and show her, you know, what she can kind of afford. And then we tell her when she has bought something, how much she has left and what that could buy her. So she's still only six years old. But I mean, I want to be able to afford college for them. I want to be able to provide everything that, you know, I kind of had, you know, growing up, I want to provide that to my kids probably and more. My little guy's too small. He has no idea yet. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. He's he's not contributing at all at this point, but he's got it coming. Yeah. Does your does your daughter have chores she has to do that don't earn her money? Do you have a line between things that I expect you to do because you're part of this family and things that you get paid for? Yes. So the things that she gets paid for are like taking out the trash, the trash in the bathrooms, tidying up. She's kind of responsible for tidying up her areas without getting paid. But on her list, she also has like putting away dishes and things that are kind of like smaller. Yeah, that's her. (laughs) It's right here. But yeah, we do paid and unpaid (laughs) chores for sure. Thanks for sharing. I'm always looking for a new tidbits because I'm I'm in the thick of it as well because our oldest mm-hmm. is five and a half I'm like oh where is the line between do this because I asked you to yeah. <laughs> and do this because I'm trying to teach you about money because <laughs> sometimes I don't want to teach two lessons at once I just yes. want, I just want to want something to stick and and make it worthwhile definitely well when she gets older I'll be able to give you some more tips as she gets older still learning myself well, let's wrap up with some rapid fire questions. What's the most expensive pair of shoes that you purchased? Oh God, so cheap. Not over $150, like not maybe 120, not material. Okay, what about the most expensive meal out? Ooh, solo, probably like not even terribly much, maybe like 300 something for him and I. Okay, where'd you go? Do you remember? Mm, no, we went to a place in Chicago recently that was very expensive. It was like the 60 something floor um, in downtown Chicago. That was quite pricey. That was like 500, but there were a few more of us and we paid for everybody. Um, but no, we, we like to go out to dinners, but usually not like s- extravagant, I would say. Nothing is okay. pretty expensive in New Hampshire. What about the uh, most expensive trip or experience that you paid for? By the day, I would say probably Iceland. We went to Iceland and somehow we're only there for uh, three days. And that was probably like $7,000, $8,000 for the trip. Yeah, Iceland will get you. The food was just so expensive. Everything expensive. was just so expensive. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so <laughs> we, remote. Like, crazy stuff. But we were like, man, it's just, yeah, it's just costly there. Yeah, no, I understand. It's been it's a fun spot though. Uh is there any particular bucket list experience that you're looking forward to? Oh god, yeah. 
we always talk about what we're going to be doing on our bucket list. We're planning our 40, his 40th birthday and our 10 year anniversary for May next year. And we're talking about, um, well, this morning we were talking about Copenhagen and Morocco, but that could change very well between now and when we actually book it. I'm very, uh, I guess, spontaneous. And I just like to, I used to say to him, yes or no. And he'd, he'd be like, what are you talking about? And if he said yes, I'd like book us a vacation somewhere. So I, I just want to go everywhere in the world. I want our kids to come with us and experience as much as we can around the world and see how people live everywhere. We're not like all-inclusive people. We like to um, take multi-stop trips, drive around, see everything, like really kind of immerse ourselves a little bit more. So anytime that we can get away and go somewhere new is definitely something that I look forward to. There pretty much isn't a place in the world that wouldn't be on a list that I want to go see. Awesome. It sounds like you probably need to move from yes or no to A, B, C, or D, (laughs) or E, all the above. (laughs) Eventually, E, all the above. That'd be great. Yeah. Okay. What is... A, a habit or what? what's a key lesson that you learned from childhood? I would say like my biggest trick, um, I taught myself to open up another. So my, my paycheck goes to five separate accounts, which is a little crazy, but um, I think everybody should have their paycheck going to at least two, one checking and one savings. So if it goes to your savings, you, you don't touch it. It's just like set aside for something. We use Ally, so I can't touch it that day. Um, so I like having that like trick in my mind. I always tell myself like, oh, you don't have any money right now in my checking account. Um, so that's helped me save, I guess, like trick myself into saving. Um, and then not buying anything that you can't afford living below your means. We always live below our means. There's not been a time that I've felt like, how are we going to do this? It's, we don't buy anything that we couldn't afford right then and there. We don't have debt besides from a million dollars, but that's all house debt. So um, yeah, just buy what you can afford and live below your means is honestly just not a trick, but it's like, it works. Is is there anything that makes you lose sleep at night? Financially? Yeah. I mean, I think in the course of since I've been alive in the world, like a lot of people are scared to invest or scared to put the money in a stock in the stock market because they don't know. I think putting money into individual stocks is scary. So I like to diversify. I like to get index funds or mutual funds or um, dividend funds. And I think the only thing that scares me would be if the market like completely, completely crashed. But I think the world would have more issues than than just the money, you know, the whole world would be like in disarray. So um, the trajectory is just it's always gone up. You know, the stock market has always gone up slowly. So I'm just banking on that, that it'll just continue to grow. And I don't lose everything overnight. What was your first job? Ooh, I worked at a pizza place. I was uh, Yeah, I made pizzas when I was 14 years old. Do you remember how much you earned? $7.25, which is still the minimum wage in New Hampshire, which is crazy because that was a long time ago. Wow. What financial habit do you think has changed the most since becoming a millionaire? Habit. I would say that I purposefully need to set aside money, purposefully need to put into my investments. I have a lot of money habits, I would say. So nothing has completely changed because I've always been I'm pretty frugal relatively, I guess. 
Yeah. And we don't really have a ton of high value items. Like we're driving old, I'm driving a Subaru. My husband's driving a Subaru. So we could afford a Tesla, but you know, that's also just like, do I need a Tesla? No. You know, I, I think I'm pretty realistic on things that I need and things that I want versus like just showing off a nice, a nice car or a nice, you know, pair of shoes or I don't really care about any of that stuff. Yeah. What's the craziest thing you've ever done to earn money? Earn money? Probably nothing, nothing terribly unconventional. That's for sure. Um, I used, you know, it's funny because I used to do a lot of focus groups like in marketing and a lot of people on my team would be like, this person makes over 150 K a year. Like, why are they doing a focus group and making like $75? Um, I sometimes do focus groups and I find them fun. And I also think that focus groups help the company. So I like to do focus groups, I guess. Okay. What's the most fun that you've had with money? Honestly, we, we have a beautiful home right now. We have a beautiful pool. So the best, most fun thing is just having people over entertaining and just living in the house that, you know, was probably 10 years ago, that would have been like a dream. You know, I did not expect to be where we are right now. And just having a place that we can be proud of and excited to have people over and entertain is like the the ultimate goal. We have a lot of family that comes over, friends that come over. And that's, that's where we like to be. We, we don't leave our house a lot. We joke, we we hang out at our house all the time, because it is kind of like an oasis. And it's exactly what we wanted. We looked for 18 months or something for a house. And when we bought it, it was like perfect. Is there anything in particular that, as it relates to giving that is part of your financial journey or will be in the future? Yeah, I would say we're very um, giving in general. <laughs> uh, we're always donating to like, you know, charities or we have nieces and nephews. We, instead of like buying gifts, we always do we do money. So for my side of the family, the kids, we put money into um, brokerage accounts for the kids. So instead of giving $100 for Christmas or a gift that they're going to throw away, they're actually not even going to see that until after they're 18 years old. So we've been setting aside money for the kids that they don't even know about. And, you know, we're, we're excited to hopefully be able to have that accumulate and make money for, you know, my sister's kids. Yeah. That's cool. Any last pieces of advice for somebody who's just starting out on their journey? Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing is like we took risks and didn't know if it was going to play out. But on paper, financially, you know, it, it sounded good and it worked out. And um, yeah, taking the risk, I think, is half the battle because a lot of people are afraid to start or afraid to do something. And I had a good support system, which my husband, he was really good and a good teammate and good partner. So I think if you have someone that you can trust and work with, you know, buying a rental property isn't all that different, especially if you're living in it, than buying a single family home because you're there, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be putting your time and effort into it. And yeah, we still, our rental properties are basically still like our houses. We, we treat them as if they're our houses. Um, and we hope and respect, we hope that people respect our property as much as we do. And yeah, it's, it's just been a really eye-opening and great learning experience, just kind of figuring it all out day by day. We could probably write a book on the things that we messed up or didn't do right. Like I have a huge failure in my opinion of, I refinanced my house, one of our properties from a 30-year mortgage to a 15-year, and I actually increased the interest rate. I should have just paid additional money 
on that mortgage instead of refinance to a higher rate. So we've made plenty of mistakes. And I think it's just like not giving up if you make a mistake. And even if it's financial, as long as it's not like bankrupt, you know, we, we can come out of it and figure it out and find a solution, I guess. So yeah, taking a risk has been a good thing for us. Awesome. That's Rain with a net worth of $2.1 million. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you guys. Thanks for listening to the Millionaires Unveiled podcast with Jace Mattinson. For more stories, investment opportunities, and information, check out our website, millionairesunveiled.com. See you next time when you'll hear from another everyday millionaire.